Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. I am joined, as always, with my co-host, a fantasy fro. Fro, how are you on this Wednesday evening? Well, let's just say I have about uh, three or four screens open up right now. I've got a couple books open. I've got all my all my fantasy work, so that's how I'm doing. I'm excited. Football is a couple weeks away. Let's go! Yeah, we're just about three weeks away from the opener. I think it's actually three weeks from today. No, tomorrow, because it's a tomorrow. Thursday opener. So yeah, so we're we're just about, I mean, we're two hours away from uh, tomorrow, so we're uh, three hours, whatever. Um, but sorry to have an episode out for you last week. Uh, life came pretty fast at me last week. I introduced my second son into the world, so that's why... Uh, we didn't have a show last week, so excuse me if I uh, have any brain farts or anything of that nature during this podcast, because I uh, don't sleep much with a with a two-year-old and a newborn in the household, so uh, just putting that out there. Um, beyond that, uh, remember that we have a 70-plus page uh, 2019 Fantasy Football Draft Guide for sale, $9.99. That's it, 10 bucks. DM myself or the fro. Uh, to, to pick up that digital edition straight to your email right away. Um, it, it's full of draft rankings that I just updated today and resent out to everyone who has purchased the guide already. So I'm going to try to update weekly as, as my life allows me to of the draft rankings leading up to the start of the season. So you have the most precise and the most accurate up-to-date information when it comes to draft rankings. You know, there's sleepers and must-draft players and tips and everything of that nature in that draft guide. So make sure you're getting that uh, as soon as possible because even though uh, things are changing, we're updating the draft guide and getting it back out to you guys in the future as well. So I did mention that. Definitely with the draft guide, we've had so many people message us about how much they love the draft guide, how much they can't stop talking about it, how they've literally been studying the draft guide, and there's been ideas that they haven't really quite had, and they're like, wow, this I feel so much more confident going into my draft than I've ever gone in, and that is what we want to bring to you guys, so don't miss out on this draft guide. Yeah, we've sold so many of these. It's kind of blown me away how much we sold already and how interested in how people are into this thing this is our first year doing it, obviously and i'm blown away and it, it, it was really fun to write and it's really fun to see everyone's reaction so thank you guys for that uh also both the fro and i have premium services for the 2019 season coming up right now is a great time to get into those i know the fro offers like 24 hour services week days full yeah. seasons breakdown mine's just a flat rate for a season but you want to make sure you jump into those before your draft because you want to make sure you're you're getting that advice before your draft excuse me to uh you know, make sure you have the best draft because that is where you uh you win the league is with your draft. So make sure you hit your uh, us up on that. I don't think I've mentioned this, but uh, usually we're at this point in the podcast already. But how do we find you on social media, Fro? Oh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Fro. I've made a few uh, mentions here of where to or how to contact you and uh, what to contact you about, but I never uh, actually got the how and where to contact you. Uh, as always, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. It can be found on Twitter and Instagram at We Know Fantasy. I also have a Facebook page. Just search We Know Fantasy in the Facebook search bar, and you'll find us there. Um, something cool that we just, uh, I guess it's been in the motion for a while, but it just kind of kicked off this week is our first annual super league. It's essentially a league where we start with four different leagues, 12 man leagues, the top four from those leagues events to two different eight man leagues after the first five weeks. And for week 10, we come to one eight man league and a two week playoff format to crown the champions. So the drafts for the first or first two leagues are done. We have the next two tomorrow. Myself have, have drafted up myself. I have drafted my team and the fro has drafted his team already. And it's been fun. It, it's really interesting. It's a different way to draft because 
were drafting for the first five weeks. How did you find that draft, Ralph? Yeah, that was uh, it was definitely different. Um, I found myself like I guess nervous in a way because one, I've never drafted on Sleeper. I'm very new to that app. This is actually my only draft on Sleeper. We had a little uh, technical difficulties the first few rounds there uh, with that, but I th- hopefully we got that figured out. But that's not here nor there. Uh, but I mean, it was definitely interesting. I really kind of had to put a different aspect into it. Look, aiming for guys that had easier games, the first five schedules, targeting a defense that had you know, good matchups the first five weeks, as opposed to like looking for someone who, you know, won't even look at the field the first five weeks, but come week six, seven, eight, nine, they could have an impact, you know, maybe like Miles Sanders. I didn't want to target Miles Sanders because I don't think he's going to be a huge impact until middle of the season. So those kind of things definitely turn the way, you know, we strategize this compared to a normal full season league. Yeah, this is going to be very interesting. I'm very excited about this to see how this turns out and what it looks like when it comes down to the season. So uh, I'll be posting updates about that. If you follow me on Twitter, of course, at We Know Fantasy, you've seen two of the league's uh, draft boards on there, and I'll be posting the next two. And I'll be updating uh, throughout the weeks, and and uh, hopefully I can get some kind of maybe power rankings among the four leagues going, something fun like that. We'll see. But uh, beyond that, uh, we'll get into our sponsors quick before we hop into the, the heart of our podcast here. Draft Day Dice adds fun and excitement to your fantasy football draft roll the dice draft your team it's a it's all a roll of the dice roll three of a kind and steal your opponent's player make fantasy football fun again because among friends bragging rights matter get your draft day dice today www.draftdaydice.com also visit the thrive app uh if you use the code fro uh when signing up you get ten dollars instantly when you make your first deposit of ten dollars or more yeah, and this Thrive Fantasy app is pretty cool. It, it takes daily fantasy sports and esports for prop bets, and there's over $600,000 awarded. You can download and play it on iOS, Android, and web. And it's just a, a cool, different way to kind of combine, you know, fantasy sports and, you know, prop bets, something that hasn't really been done. And I'd really encourage you guys to check that out. Remember, use the code FRO, F R O, when signing up to get that $10 instantly. When you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So let's hop into what we uh, want to talk about here. We have a few five, six topics here that are pretty pressing issues that uh, we want to touch on in this podcast. So here we go. We have the the major issue here, the Melvin Gordon, the Ezekiel Elliott issue. They have yet to report to camp. They have yet to get their deals they want. Um, I believe Gordon is on the last year of his deal and Zeke's in the last two years of his deal. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, so uh, I know with Melvin Gordon, so he's in his last – He's his last year uh, as a Charger, but if he doesn't play this year, he had he's that ent- entire you know season doesn't count. So he has to report. I believe it's like week ten. Same kind of issue that like Le'Veon Bell had you know had to do report by week ten, or he was going to be a free agent. So this Melvin Gordon issue is he has to show up at some point this season if he doesn't want to be a Charger anymore. So I don't know what to expect. I I, I just Melvin Gordon is right now just being a real pain. For, you know, not just on his team, but fantasy owners in general, because NFL teams, like I said last last podcast, they don't need that elite running back to win. And, you know, it makes other guys like my sleepers, like Eckler and Justin Jackson, it makes their average draft position get higher and higher and higher. So it kind of throws off that whole strategy. And I, we'll have to see. We have two weeks. I don't know what's going to happen with Melvin Gore. I don't think he's going to be signed by then, but it's going to make those other running backs available. But their ADP is going to rise more and more until we kick off here in September. 
Yeah, I definitely feel like of the two, Elliot will get a deal before the start of the season. I feel like Jerry Jones will eventually get off his high horse and come down and sign the guy. Not only is he he's he's obviously one of the best backs, if not the most talented back in the league. He uh, he's such a crucial part of that offense. If he isn't there, we've seen it in the past. Dak Prescott can't get going. That offense can't get going. When when you're when you talk about the the Chargers, Melvin Gordon really isn't like that big of a factor. You know, we saw Austin Eckler come in last year and the, and the Chargers did just fine. We had, we saw Justin Jackson come in. The Chargers did just fine. So there's just these two different elements here. So I don't believe Gordon will get his deal that he wants. Maybe he'll come down and sign something. Uh, I think they were coming in at like 10 mil, but he wanted like 20 mil or something crazy like that. And I haven't seen anything on the, on the Zeke side. Um, but speaking of, of sleepers and, and, and handcuffs, essentially, Tony Pollard is going to be the guy in 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 uh, Dallas. They're very high on that guy. They've made so many comments about him. So if Zeke is a holdout, you need to target him. Uh, he's going to be a top, I, I'd say, fifteen back, not maybe top twenty back without Zeke there. So uh, pay attention to that. Just as a fro said, those handcuffs, those backup guys who may get major playing time because these two are holding out. Uh, are going to be crucial to your fantasy football uh, team, just as James Conner was last year. You know, uh, he, uh, Le'Veon Bell held out, excuse me, and uh, you know Conner came in right away, and he ended up being a, a top five, top six back in the league. So I'm not saying that 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 uh, Eckler or, or, or Jackson or, or Pollard has has those ability, but you know it, it's there. They're they're it's a uh, it's a possibility, I guess I should say. But uh, here's a question that that I've seen floating around Twitter. I thought was pretty interesting. So if say say Zeke holds out, not going to play the season, or uh, hasn't signed by the start of the season, who do you take with the fifth overall pick, assuming Saquon Barkley, uh, Chris McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and and uh, David Johnson are off the board through one through four? So uh, I kind of label this fifth spot, you know, that that really flexible spot. You can either draft Le'Veon Bell if you want to go for the next best running back, or you could take either DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams if you want to go the route as taking the best wide receiver in the draft. It really depends on your preference and even your scoring. If it's a standard league, you got I think you got to go Le'Veon Bell. You need the running yep. backs there. But if it's a PPR league, it certainly doesn't hurt to take the top wide receiver right there either. Yeah, that's how I see it. I've uh, Obviously, those four, if Zeke's out, that's the one through five, even if Zeke's there. You just plug Zeke into wherever you would you would project him into that that mix. But at that point, it's yeah, it's Bell. It's Bell or the two receivers. And it, if if it were me, I don't know what I would do. I would probably go Adams just because he's my wide receiver one, and I think he's going to see a ton of volume this year, especially in PPR formats. That he's going to be crazy value. And uh, this year, going off topic a little bit, but I feel like the no running back strategy this year is is, is better than I've ever seen before. Am I am I correct in saying that, Fro? Yeah. It, it- it also uh, depends on your your draft, draft position. position. If, yeah, if you can get a top four running back, you absolutely have to take them. Of course, of but, course. But uh, in our in our super league draft yesterday, my whole plan was to go wide receiver, wide receiver, the first two picks. But then Le'Veon Bell fell to eleven, and I was not expecting that at all. So I had to had to take Le'Veon Bell there, kind of changed my entire strategy there. But I mean, I think zero wide receiver this year is very realistic. There is some very sneaky mid to late round guys. And I actually had one of my my, uh, premium clients asking me, he's doing uh, standard leagues, 12 teams. And he said he used to do uh, running back, running back, running back. 
first three picks in like eight team and 10 team leagues. And then he tried to do it in a 12 team league and it failed miserably because he found himself really struggling for wide receivers. And I was going through some mock drafts today, kind of working on a strategy for him. And I really think as long as you know which sleepers to grab in the middle to late rounds, which are in our draft guide for you guys to easily take advantage, then you're going to have no trouble getting those guys. If you go zero running back to start the draft. Yeah. I just feel like there's, there's, Great value there in the middle of the draft when it comes to running backs, especially in PPR formats. There's your there's your normal, you know, James White who are going to t- catch a ton of passes. You know, you Naheem Hines and and uh, Tariq Cohen's and things of that nature just there that you can plug in right away that are going to help you if you go with your you know your big big uh, wide receivers. And you know, I just feel like a lot of people are stuck in the past where they're like, we have to take a running back in the first two rounds or I'm gonna fail. It's not like that anymore. Uh, Fantasy football has developed. You know, we used to all play standard. Then we got to the PPR points of that nature, which is now the standard pretty much across all all, all boards is, you know, the full point PPR. So it's just something to think about when you're heading to the draft. Make sure you're paying attention to this Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott situations. Of course, both of us will be on top of that once if, the, if either of them are to sign on our Twitter pages. So make sure you're following us there. So another big news story that kind of shocked the, the Twitter nation, the, the fantasy football nation, was uh, – First, Deonta Foreman uh, was cut by the, or waived, I guess, by the Houston Texans. So everyone was in their uproar constantly, like buy your stocks in Lamar Miller, buy your Lamar Miller stocks. But then, out of nowhere, Duke Johnson was signed by the Houston Texans, and everyone started backpedaling, like, no, we don't want Lamar uh, Miller anymore. Um, so I, I guess the signing, uh, the question here is, what is Lamar Miller's? Uh, value at this point i he he's been such a disappointing guy you know he had that big year big year or two in miami where he was a great value there in your fantasy football leagues excuse me but he hasn't been that guy in houston he has yet to top six touchdowns total touchdowns just receiving and rushing in three years in houston and with you know the likes of duke johnson who is essentially a wide receiver out of the backfield coming into town you would assume that 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 uh passing work that he was getting is going to go away as well. So Fro, where do you find yourself in the Lamar Miller situation at this point of time? Yeah. I mean, I was all over Lamar Miller once, uh, uh, Devante Foreman was gone officially, you know, the, the, uh, those Texans ever since Bill O'Brien has been there in the last five years, the Texans have been the sixth run heaviest team in the NFL. So this is definitely something you have to watch. You absolutely have to watch. Volume is key. Another thing is that Texans offensive line is trash. They're they were dead last last year in sacks allowed. Deshaun Watson got beat up so bad and I really think that's why they brought in Duke Johnson to sort of give him that a little, you know, fallback guy. You know, and when Will Fuller is injured or Kiki Coutier is injured, he has Duke Johnson to just drop the ball off instead of taking a sack every other game, you know, so they got to keep him healthy and Lamar Miller. He's just been such a steady guy. The last three years, he's averaged 13 PPR points per game, which is good enough to be a, a solid running back too in, in PPR leagues. And you can get him in potentially the sixth, seventh round. And I mean, if he's going to drop it more because it's Duke Johnson news, just snag him a little bit later in drafts. I wouldn't, I wouldn't reach for him anymore than where he's being taken. But if, if he's going to draft to this, drop into the seventh or eighth round definitely take him yeah lamar miller is a guy that you know you're gonna get it's not like you're gonna draft him assuming he's gonna have a a, a crazy year 
or anything of that nature. Uh, you're just, no, you're going to have a middle of the pack running back who's going to get your points, who you can slot into your flex, your RB2, who's solid for a 10 plus point of performance each week. So I think that's a similar value he's going to get because with Bill O'Brien, like you said, at the helm, they're going to continue to run the ball. And a lot of reports suggest that Duke Johnson may even like line up in wide receiver sets in the slot possibly. So he may even come in to like steal those many touches out of the backfield. Um, just last year, Duke was uh, the running back 37 with 132 points. He had 40 carries, 201 yards, 62 targets, 47 receptions, 429 yards, three touchdowns. What's impressive about him is he averages nine yards per reception. That's pretty much out of the backfield. So Duke Johnson's value is, is another question. Where do you think – do you think he has a similar impact with the Texans? Do you think he he drops off? Do you think he has a, a crazy good year? Um what, where do you, where's where's Duke in this situation as well? We talked about Lamar Miller, but what about Duke? Yeah, so as far as Duke goes, I think he'll definitely have a better season. Possibly, yeah, should have a better career in Houston than he had in Cleveland. Cleveland just hasn't been using him to his strength. Duke Johnson is actually a really really good player, and he's just been so underutilized in Cleveland. He's going he's been behind the depth chart, you know. But I think he's gonna be, and it also depends on the injuries that are, are in the Texans as well. You know, if Will Fuller can't stay healthy or Coutier can't stay healthy, there's going to be a lot of passes going to Duke Johnson because somebody's going to have to catch the ball out of that out of that offense. Yeah, so I'm I'm one who's pretty high on Duke Johnson. And uh, if you buy our draft guide, you realize, you'll read why. But uh, right now he's the RB48 and 49 in Yahoo and ESPN uh, respectively, and that puts him in about round 12. So this is a, a fly you're going to take who – who could pay off big time. Like you said, last year he was RB 37 uh, being dra- uh, drafted 11 places in 12 places beyond that. So he's, he's set to outperform that I think and have a pretty good season. So, you know, we, we just talked about that. No running back strategy. This is a guy who you could get to plug into a, to a running back spot and PPR formats. This may not pertain to standard, of course, but in PPR formats, Duke Johnson could be one of those running backs that you use in a, uh, in a no running back draft strategy continuing on that running back situation our our train will go to a different team we'll go out east to uh you know the froze the froze stomping grounds that's the philadelphia eagles and uh their rookie that they're very high on uh miles sanders uh the nj.com reports that he's easily been the most impressive runner when it comes to the eagles um eagles roster and he's actually been reported to be very good in the passing game as well i know the fro actually was down there to watch him in person during training camp so want to talk a little bit about that fro yeah he was he was awesome miles sanders you know i was actually on the opposite side uh, when they started starting the the, uh, running back drills and i kept looking and you know looking around i was like who is that guy i couldn't quite see the number and then i finally saw it was sanders and i'm like wow he just broke tackles. And I know it's not tackle and whatnot, but it is not easy to break runs in training camp either because as soon as a player touches you, they'll blow the whistle. But Miles Sanders was making cuts and doing these like crazy, you know, splits and turns and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, Miles Sanders is exactly what we thought we were getting. We drafted him in the second round. He was tied for the highest draft pick ever taken for a running back for the Eagles, which goes to tell you how much they really feel about this guy. He's going to be legit you need to draft him in the i'd say as early as the fifth round maybe sixth round if he drops to the seventh and 100 percent grab your guy he's gonna be the lead back before the end of the first half of the season 
I'll give you a little sneak peek here of the draft guide. I said that Sanders will be the Eagles' back by the end of the season. And it's not going to be one of those running backs by committees. He's going to be dominating touches. He is very talented, like the Fro said. He is he is everything the Eagles wanted and hoped for when they took him in the second round. He's going to be a guy who you have to stash on your bench maybe for a few weeks before he gets going. You know, Jordan Howard, they they brought him, uh, had high expectations for him as well this offseason. So he's going to get to his touches to begin with. But Sanders is going to keep eating and eating and eating into those touches until it's pretty much his backfield. And if you're in... If you're in a dynasty league, I would make the argument that Sanders may be the 101. He may be the first player off the board. Um, you know, you have the Nikhil Harry, you know, the wide receivers in, in, in dynasty are, are very crucial. But Sanders is going to have a great career in Philadelphia. You know, they always have a very good offensive line. You know, they have a very good head coach, a very good offensive mastermind. And if he can catch the ball to the backfield as, as well as they project him to, he's going to be a very special player. And so when you're going to want on your team for many years to come. And I'm and I'm betting the fro loves to hear that. <laughs> so yeah, can't wait for that. I'm excited for that. Hopefully he's he puts up like uh, what's his name Jay Ajayi numbers. You know Ajayi when he was finally healthy, averaged at least 15 carries a game. And I, you know, people are like, well, the Eagles that they have a running back committee every year. Well, why do they have a running back committee? Have you seen their running backs last year? Nobody could stay healthy, and then it was Josh Adams leading the way. There's it's not like we want to use a running back committee. It, it's just the way it's been. So I think uh, that they really want to get to that one running back they can rely on consistently. And Miles Sanders is going to be that guy sooner rather than later. I know it's a different coach and all, but you know when when uh, Shady was there, there was no committee. It was just his backfield. So I feel like this is the way the Eagles are trending with this Miles Sanders pick. I know Shady has some big shoes. He you know, left some big shoes to fill, but Sanders is a special player, and I can't wait to see what he does in Philadelphia. There's another guy from who was uh, previously from Pennsylvania and the Pittsburgh side moved himself out west to the Bay to uh, play for Oakland. That's Antonio Brown. We'll talk about him real quick. He has uh, what I guess is is severe bro- fa- uh, severe frostbite on his feet from one of the machines they use. He's using the improper footwear, not listening to trainers, so he has that issue. I'm sure you've seen the pictures of his feet on Twitter or on social media. They're absolutely disgusting. It makes you want to throw up. Um, but beyond that, he recently came out with this issue that all of a sudden he didn't want to play unless he could use the old helmet. He had this issue with it. You know, the NFL introduced new helmets this year to try to help uh, player safety, and he had an issue with this. He wanted to use his old helmet, so he told the Raiders that he would not play unless he could use his old helmet. So he filed a grievance to the league and ultimately lost that. And uh, uh, yesterday he showed up to camp and said he's going to play this year. So, uh, you know, he's a- as talented as they come, you know, arguably a future Hall of Famer, fantastic wide receiver talent out the yin yang but is the word is it worth the risk in your fantasy football league this year to snag antonio brown because he's going to be going you know early second mid second round as you know a top 10 wide receiver yeah uh antonio brown was actually somebody i i put in in the draft guide initially well i started this draft guide in june you know i didn't i didn't know what to expect i said antonio brown has been a top three wide receiver in fantasy each of the last six seasons between standard and ppr leagues like he's he was being drafted as you know wide receiver nine or ten. I was like no no that 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 can't happen. He's Antonio Brown. When he's on the field, he is potentially one of the best wide receivers in the league. But that's a big question: Is he going to be on the field? We had the big issue with the chiral therapy. You know, it's supposed to promote healing. He really shouldn't have had that whole issue with his feet in the first place. I don't know if he was showing off or whatever that whole issue was, but. 
and then the issue with the helmet, and now he's saying how he'll play. And, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Brown, but right now it's looking a little bit better than it was 48 hours ago. So, I mean, if you can get Antonio Brown at the end of the second round, I would take a shot on him. I really would because I kind of get that feeling, you know, yeah, he's been a headache. He's been he's been that, you know, the diva wide receiver, but I just feel like once it's time to play, he's going to ball out, and you're, you're going to be glad you got him when you did. Yeah, I saw this thing. I forget who the fourth player was, but it was like, imagine a time where you could get uh, Elliot, Gordon, and Brown. You take the risk on those three guys to the first three rounds and say they all play at least 12 games. You're going to have a team set up to win your league. So sometimes in fantasy football, you can't you know, take the safe road. You can't you know, draft a player because they have injury history with that. Or, or... <coughs> Dude, excuse me. All right. I just looked over and I saw Bryce Harper hit a home run, so that's good news. Um, <laughs> but sometimes you have to take those risks in fantasy football. You have to, uh, you know, get out of your comfort zone. And and uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, my phone's on. I'm very unprofessional right now. Um, so he's a guy that if he's there at the end of the second round, I'm grabbing because the talent is there. I know the headaches are there. This foot issue is there. That's going to be taken care of. That's no big issue. Don't worry about that. It's just what happens in his head. And if you think back to when he first came to Oakland or had the interview there in the off season, I'm not sure if he was at Oakland at the time. He said he didn't need football. He could walk away from football right now and, and be set for life. So maybe his head isn't all in football, but he, I think he's a guy that just loves the attention. So he loves to ball out to get that attention. If, 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 if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all it is about Antonio just cares about, you know, the spotlight right now. And, and that's why he's out of Pittsburgh. That's why Mike Tomlin, you know, had all the issues last year, him and Le'Veon are out of, out of town. They're on new teams now. And I just feel like that whole new scene in Oakland and John Gruden has that like, you know, zero tolerance ball to the wall. It's hundred percent, you know, and he, Antonio Brown's not going to have a choice. His career is going to be made or broken this year. If he decides not to, not to show up and work, this is going to be his last, you know, his last season in the NFL regardless. Yeah, so there's one thing to watch out in your Facebook league. And here's another thing that kind of, you know, was a kind of a roller coaster at times. And that was a Damian Williams situation. So it, it originally came out that Andy Reid was like, Damian Williams is our guy. He's our RB1. He's going to be the guy. So we're all like, yeah, Damian Williams, the lead back of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a top 10 running back. We need him on our teams. We want this guy. And then he went through a few injuries. And then he, he I guess he like elongated his, his return. He wasn't working as hard in his, in his rehab and things of that nature. And, you know, that caught Reid's eye. You know, Reid's another not no-nonsense type of guy. So... He then announced that they're going to go for a running back committee. And, you know, Carlos Hyde was seen taking the, the RB1 touches and, and playing with the uh, first team in training camp. But now all of a sudden, Damian Williams is back and he's dominating the first team touches. And, you know, Carlos Hyde's getting a few here or there, but mainly, uh, you know, working with the second team. So my question for you, Fro, you know, Andy Reid, you've been a fan of that team that he coached for, you know, over a decade. Was this just a way to spark a fire under Damian Williams, say, he came out was like, we're going to use a running back committee just because he wanted Damian Williams to be like, oh, this isn't my job locked up. I need to, you know, get back to the field, start grinding and, and start, uh, you know, putting the work in to make sure I'm that RB1 for the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I ultimately think that's kind of the motivation here. I mean, you know, Reed, Reed has quite the history of having that one running back. You know, we've seen it a couple of times with the Chiefs already, and we've seen it with the Eagles several times. I mean, there's been times when we've seen, you know, 
I guess, running back committee is what you would say, you know, LaShawn McCoy and Brian Westbrook or Brian Westbrook and Deuce Staley, you know, Cordell Buckholder. Like there's, there's guys that, that had two, maybe three running backs, but there's always that one guy that sticks out a little bit more on Andy Reid's offense. And it's going to be Damian Williams. It's his job to lose. The only way he's going to lose it is if he gets injured, which is a, is very realistic, but go out and, and handcuff Carlos Hyde and you even have uh, Thompson a little bit deeper. Just grab one of those guys and you never know what could happen. Yeah, like you said, it, it's definitely typically in Reed's situation. Williams is a uh, – or their running back is, you know, it's usually a, a, a one person. So uh, last year, Hunt, Kareem Hunt, of course, was the RB1 and across the games that he played. He played 71% of the snaps. So that just left 29% of the snaps. Some of those were, you know, no running back sets or uh, things of that nature. So you take that down to whatever it was um, that, you know, they're one running backs dominating the touches. And even when uh, Hunt was excused from the team, the RB one for the Chiefs during the situation where they had, you know, Ware and Williams and whatnot, 68% of the touches were from the RB one. So that just leaves 32 for everyone else. So typically like the, the, the fro said, it is a RB or a one running back situation, one running back backfield. So I too believe that's the way that the, uh, the chiefs will go this year. So make sure you're like he said, you're, you're cuffing yourself with Carlos Hyde who has value with himself getting limited touches and work. He's a very good pass catching back. I don't know if many people know this, but when he's in San Francisco, he was flirting with 50 receptions a year. So, Hyde can do stuff out of the backfield. You know, the Chiefs are a very explosive offense, put up a ton of points, put up a ton of yards, so he's going to get his touches, get his chances. So he has value as well. So if you're a Damian Williams owner, don't try to, you know, be 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 cute with it and wait too long for your Carlos Hyde pick uh, if you're cuffing him or when you go to cuff him because you're supposed to be cuffing all, of your, all your top end running backs because Hyde has value himself that may come off the board before you get to your, uh, you know, where you want to draft him. But that uh, puts a conclusion on this podcast. Uh, it was a fun one. We had a lot to talk about. We'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to start these. We were on trend to do uh, weekly episodes before my uh, my son was born. So, uh, you know, we'll continue with that. We're just three weeks away from the season. So, again, Fro, where do the, where do the people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at FantasyFro. Simple as that, and make sure you guys are going out and getting our draft guide. Like I said, today I sent out a revised copy of the draft guide for all the player rankings and analysis. So I'm going to do that weekly. So if you buy the if you buy the guide, you're put on an email list, and every time I revise it, I get sent out to you. It's just nine ninety nine. So for ten bucks, you know you can find ten bucks. You know, dig through your couch or whatever, or, uh, find some coins, and you know Venmo us over our PayPal or Cash App us ten bucks, and you're getting something that we spent hundreds of hours, we spent months and months of work. Beyond that, this is a collection of years of experience and and uh, over probably 20 years between us of, of fantasy football knowledge that we put together to produce this draft guide. So this is no this is no beginner's draft guide. This is for the people who are serious about winning the leagues. Everything's in there that you need to know. So make sure you hit us both up both up on social media to get that guide. We also have premium services available now for the uh, entirety of the season. The Fro breaks his down into uh, different segments and different prices. So if you want to get in any of your premium services, hit us up on social media as well. Remember, I am Nate with We Know Fantasy. You can be found on Twitter and Instagram at We Know Fantasy. Also on Facebook, just search We Know Fantasy in the search bar and you'll find us. But thank you guys very much for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. And best of luck with your drafts if you're drafting between now and then. We'll see you next week. Bye. Peace.